Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Talos of Tech live on YouTube. Yes, I'm doing something a little bit weird today, as most of you video people can probably already tell. I'm uh, attempting to do a stream. Emphasis on the attempt. I'm going to try to do this stream entirely through the Vitcher AR headset. It's plugged into my MacBook, um, so I can see your guys' chat through these glasses. That means... As people start tuning in, I can read the messages over here, over here, over here. You guys are surrounding me now. And my MacBook display is completely turned off. Um, the panel, the pixels, they're doing absolutely nothing, um, which is kind of a weird sensation. Um, but yeah, I, I haven't done a live stream in a while because I've been traveling a, a bunch. I finally have gotten home. Uh, I shouldn't be taking any huge trips for a long time <laughs> so i feel like it's kind of weird i feel like i'm moving into my old house it's been a while since i've just stopped traveling you know we're just kind of settling in now so i thought this would be a good opportunity to experiment and try some new things um zax is looking good <laughs> it's weird to be able to read your messages in ar that's kind of fun um the only problem i'm experiencing so far which I think I brought up in my review is like, I can't keep the entire display like in perfect focus. Like the center looks very clear, but the edges feel more blurred. And I've messed around with these little dials at the top, which let you adjust the displays. I don't know if you can see them in there, um, but no matter how much I adjust them, it always seems like the edges are a little bit more blurry. So I try to, if I move the glasses a little bit, I can sharpen the top or I can sharpen the bottom, but I can't sharpen both at the same time. It always just feels a little bit off. But I thought, you know, I haven't been able to do a stream with these on uh, either Q&A slash um, address a lot of the channel members' comments, um, several of which were made a long time ago. <laughs> So I'm going to switch to editing mode. So now you guys can see what I can see. Um, but YJ Choi was essentially asking the topic of today's stream that I thought we'd kick off. This still counts as the pre-stream question. But yes, it does, YJ. My question uh, is... My question that will require a thousand percent... A, a thousand percent speculation. Oh my god. How long do I think the first-gen Vision Pro will get Vision OS updates? If I recall correctly... The first-gen Apple Watch made it to watchOS 4. Uh, four generations for a first-generation product, though, is a, is a reasonable expectation, I suppose. Um, but the only reason I might disagree and suggest that the Vision Pro may last a little bit longer is simply because I personally don't believe Vision Pro will be refreshed annually. I don't think it'll be one of those devices that, okay... Like, it's been 12 months, let's drop another one. It's been another 12 months, let's drop another one. Um, so yeah, there were four generations of Apple Watch that came out and, of course, launched before Apple started saying this version of watchOS doesn't work on the original watchOS. Whereas I think Vision Pro might be the type of thing that gets refreshed every 18 to 24 months, primarily because it's using Apple, uh, Apple Silicon, the kind that would go in a Mac, like the M2 chip, not, you know, like a watch, like a wearable Um and because it's such a cutting-edge technology that's relying on 
micro OLED panels and state-of-the-art R1 chip and this crazy camera system and LiDAR. I don't think it's the type of thing they're necessarily going to have updates ready for every 12 months. So that's why I may suggest the... And of course, on top of that, the original Apple Watch costed, you know, most people were spending 400, 500 bucks on that watch. Vision Pro is going to cost $3,500. So to discontinue that after just four years of support, I I don't know. It's not impossible, but it would definitely suck. That's for sure. (laughs) So I'm going to move around my my window a little bit just so I can read the chat a little bit better. That's much better. Um, Andy Espine says, good evening on vacation watching from the Philippines. Hey, I was just there not too long ago. Thanks for tuning in, Corey. Dylan says, been a minute. I've been wanting to get uh, my Soul EV review out by now, but I have to have surgery immediately. Oh, my God. After my road trip. I'm sorry to hear that. I hope the surgery goes okay. Jeez. Big, man, you guys are just casually dropping these huge subjects in the chat. Um, Zach Hotchkiss says his guess is six or seven years of support. Uh, for I'm guessing he's referring to the original Vision Pro. I think that's a reasonable expectation given the price and the fact that the hardware probably won't be refreshed all that often. Um, Gunner says, I think it will get five years. Maybe I should write a poll and people can vote on this. That might be kind of fun. Um, J Money says, do you like CarPlay or do you wish slash do you wish Tesla's had it? Uh, I've tried it on other vehicles. Um, Of course, not Tesla's because they don't have it. But uh, like a relative of mine was visiting not too long ago and they had CarPlay and I messed around with it. It's okay. I think CarPlay is a really great solution for cars and automakers that don't have a good operating system built in. Um, basically, CarPlay is an amazing band-aid for poor UI design. But personally, um, I, you know, I was very excited for enhanced CarPlay, the idea of CarPlay just kind of taking over the entire user interface, but I was disappointed by how little they talked about it. Um, there was barely any mention of it at the last Dub Dub. And if you go back and watch what am I most excited for at Dub Dub this year, I was actually saying CarPlay stuff. I was like, I, I really want CarPlay <laughs> updates because I want to see a car where Apple just kind of has complete control over the software. Um, but they didn't do that. And it makes me wonder if maybe the, the rollout is being stunted or it's not going to be as big a deal as we thought. And now I'm a little bit more disappointed by it. So it, it's a great solution if the automaker can't design their own great operating system. But that's the thing. I think Tesla can make their own great operating system. I love Tesla's OS. There's still some things I would change, of course, but um, it's not perfect. But overall, I think as far as car UI goes, it's incredible. It's very capable. It's amazing. And I love it to the point that I don't think it needs CarPlay. I think if you tried to put CarPlay on Tesla's now, it would just be this weird hybrid approach of fighting over who gets what part of the UI. And what I try to remind people that I love the most about Apple products is there's like typically a singular vision, no pun intended, in mind where it's like one person was in charge and they wanted design consistency, design symmetry, and you even get that between devices. So you get a lot of similarity between how the UI works on your iPhone and your Mac and your watch and everything just kind of blurs together. It feels like one design language, one user interface to kind of rule them all. Um, and that's what I appreciate about Tesla. You know, they control the supercharger network, they control the hardware design, the battery pack and the software. And it's that first party, uh, design language. It's that, um, singular vision approach that I love about Tesla. And if you just start slapping CarPlay in there, I think you would lose a lot of that beauty. It's kind of like, 
you know, running Windows in parallel with Mac OS. You can do it. For some people, that helps. But overall, it, it I think most people just prefer using Mac OS. Margel says, nice to see you back home. Thank you, Margel. It's good to be home. Um, I'm back to my normal room. And we've got some different boxes. I don't know if other people have noticed. But uh, there's thankfully been some donations thanks to uh mike from the podcast that uh, there's some more iphone ones that are probably harder to see from here next time i do a tech video you'll probably notice some different boxes on the wall anyway um i am back i've started door dashing recently so i can say i bought vision pro entirely by delivering fast food whoa really i think what zach is saying that he did door dash and made thirty five hundred dollars through it man i need to start door dashing that's kind of amazing. So you just give some people some food and now you can afford Vision Pro. That is the future. <laughs> it's not that expensive, people. Um, let's see. My number one concern about getting a Tesla is losing CarPlay. I mean, I know people that have had vehicles with CarPlay and switched to Tesla. Most of the time they don't miss it um, because I feel like everything you like about CarPlay is pretty much emulated by the Tesla's operating system. Um, there wasn't no CarPlay announcement stuff, probably because automakers didn't want to use CarPlay to the point of removing it entirely. GM, I think, is the only automaker that has announced they're removing CarPlay. There were tons of other automakers that said they want to include CarPlay and also include enhanced CarPlay. So I don't think it's the automaker's fault. Lucid, I'm sure, wants enhanced CarPlay. I know Ford and Polestar both spoke out about it when Apple first announced the enhanced CarPlay experience. They were like, yes, we are going to be including this as well. So I think it's an Apple thing. Um, sorry, I bumped the desk. Um, I don't think it's just no one wants to use it. If that one company is GM. Um, I like how CarPlay turns your car somewhat into an Apple device. Yeah, kind of. But the problem is most of the vehicles that adopt CarPlay, in my experience, tend to have not very Apple-esque design language on the interior. So yes, Apple patches and fixes up the display really nice in the car, but everything else feels very legacy automaker with buttons and dials and speedometers that don't feel consistent. And then, of course, CarPlay can only do so much. That really just controls your maps, notifications, and media. Then when it comes to car controls and settings and HVAC, you got to rely on either the buttons or the dials, or you got to fall back on the actual car display, which at least if you're driving an electric vehicle like I am, those things are very hard to separate because there's things like battery preconditioning and driving visualizations and uh, blind spot cameras that appear on the display. And because CarPlay isn't optimized for all those things, you just get this kind of hybrid UI fighting itself. And I don't like the inconsistencies involved. So I would rather just have one company in charge of the whole thing. Um, that's why I like Apple. Um, Marngel has been a member for 24 months. Holy crap. Did you get the M1? These displays. M1 Pro badge now. Nice. You got the badge that matches the chip in your MacBook. Okay. You should be good for a long time. It should take a long time before that badge changes again. Um, apparently, Porsche is the first recent car manufacturer to try the new CarPlay integration, which they announced like a month or so ago. See, I heard that they had announced some new CarPlay features, but I don't, I don't think it's the same thing as the enhanced CarPlay stuff. Um, you're trying out a Model X in a week. Ooh, congratulations. I love the Model X. That's like my dream car. Um, if you're running the iOS 17 developer betas, there's a new beta 6 update. Yes, I saw that. I haven't installed it yet, but yeah, I've been, for the most part, keeping up with the beta updates. Uh, now that I'm home, I can actually 
try macOS Sonoma again. I haven't had macOS Sonoma for the past three months, but I, I have it on my iMac Pro, and uh, I've been playing around with it a little bit. It's still a little buggy, but um, I think the iMac Pro will probably die with Sonoma, unfortunately. Um, one of my thoughts on the X-Real glasses, is it closer to the Vision Pro that you thought it would be? These are not the X-Real glasses. These are the Vitcher ones, but I'm pretty sure they're fairly close to the X-Real um, I watched a few people review the X-Real. I don't think they're inherently that much different than this. Um, and no, to answer your question, I don't think either of them are that close to what Vision Pro is trying to be. I think the, the approach to augmented reality is entirely different um, with these types of glasses. These are made by Vitcher, and of course you're referring to a different company that's basically making the same thing. X-Real, not associated with X, the social media. Oh my God, I, I hate Elon for doing this so much. Um, but essentially what these are trying to do that I detailed in my review as well that I kind of take issue with, the problem is, and Apple has probably experimented with this for a long time, um, and that's likely why they came to this conclusion. I'm glad you asked this because it all kind of ties together with why I'm wearing these and the issues I'm experiencing with them. But these glasses have you know transparent lenses that they are then projecting a virtual image on top of. So yes, well, technically I can see a little bit through the display and there's a little bit of transparency around that display. The screen itself is still fixed in space. Um, it is still locked in with where, wh whatever my head is doing. So I can, uh, how do I prove it to you? I can turn around and just stare at this flag on the wall. Um, and I can see Joe Lambert says, X moment, Shazam Kudwell says, am I getting the 15 Pro to review? Yes. And then I can see J Money saying, I feel like physical knobs and stuff in cars are necessary because it makes it easier. Yeah. So I can read all of that stuff purely off of these lenses. But um, Apple, I think, is not trying to make something that necessarily fixes and locks in with your eye motion or your head motion. Um, they're trying to make something that feels like you can just plaster a TV anywhere in, in space, which is why I think spatial computing is a great term for it. Um, if these are AR glasses, then Vision Pro is an AR glasses, essentially. It's a completely different approach um, to, to, you know, headsets. I was going to say AR, but that's really not what it is, I guess. Um, because Apple is stitching together a bunch of camera feeds with Vision Pro and then recreating your environment virtually and then letting you paste computing and software in that environment. Whereas this is basically just a TV that's fixed to my face. It's not a TV that I can control. I can't move it around. Um, although there is, I should mention, uh, if you get the neck band with the Vitcher glasses, which honestly, they're kind of expensive. The neck band is less than $200, I think. But the neck band that plugs into them, I played around with the settings for a bit. And there is a setting that lets you fix the display, which the neck band is just basically like a little Android phone. But I mean, it's less of an Android phone. It's more of like a Google TV is what I would compare it to. It's running like a, a TV style operating system with media apps that you, and there's kind of like a little remote on the neck band that you can click around. Um, in that TV, in, if you go into the settings on the neckband, there's a, a beta option that says fix the screen in space. And, um, it basically lets you move your head around and the screen will stay in one place. But here's the problem with that. 
Um, this display that I'm looking and reading the chat on right now. Hey, Hasael's in the chat. He says, high speed. <laughs> We're going to speed. Yeah, this display does not cover that much of my vision. Uh, to give you guys some, some perspective, I'm wearing the glasses right now. It's a 1080p display. I'll put my, my fingers on the corners of the, of the display. So there's one here. That's the bottom left corner for me. And then the top right corner is here. So this is about how much of my vision, and you guys can imagine, about, you know, an arm's distance like this. If there is a little rectangular display in front of you, that's not occupying that much of your vision. You still have, you know, I can see all this, and it's not covering that. So when I put on the neckband and try the whole lock this display in space mode, you know, it's pretty impressive. It, it's cool because this thing doesn't have any LiDAR. There's no cameras on these glasses at all. But just by using, I think, a gyroscope or an accelerometer, and just by tracking my head movement a little bit, it's able to lock that display in space. But because the full resolution display is only taking up this much space, it cuts off immediately. And you you can't get the entire display to just stay in one place while your head is moving around because your pixel like your your virtual how do i explain this your augmented bezels are massive you know i have all of this space around the display that i can see with my eyes but the display doesn't have pixels there which means that essentially it's cut off anytime i move my head around i'm not getting the full display which after trying it out for a couple minutes i realized very quickly this is a wasted feature. I mean, it's cool that the, the hardware is capable of tracking it in space, just using a gyro or whatever, but the downside is that the uh, it's constantly cropped. Um, and the only way to truly see the entire display is to turn that feature off and make the display fix, fixated with my eyes, fixated. It's not really my eyes, it's more my head. Um, and when it's fixated with your head, I'm also discovering um, when I'm talking like this and doing a live stream, my display is constantly shaking and moving all over the place. And it's kind of jarring for me, but I'm testing it. I wanted to try it out. So I'm committing to the bit for at least this live stream. Um, it's probably going to be easier if I was just like watching a video or editing a video, because then I could kind of lean back. And if, if you don't move your head too much, it, it kind of feels a tad more relaxing. Of course, when I'm talking, it moves a lot. Um, that's that's the solution. I should just shut up. Um, but yeah, if I if I lean back like this and kind of just let my head relax, it's kind of like having a TV that I can just strap to the wall. Um, but again, if I'm talking or or you know moving my head around, it it's kind of jarring to have the screen bouncing everywhere. Um, Puroski says, "How did I get the Vision Pro early? I made it on Tim Cook's nice list, of course." Uh, little Sonata. That's funny. That makes me think of my old car. Are the glasses comfortable? Surprisingly, yes. Uh, honestly, I, I think I read other people saying they weren't comfortable wearing them. Um, and I thought that was going to be a bigger issue. I, I still ended up not really enjoying them that much. And I, and I pretty much don't think people should buy them, but, um, I thought the comfort was going to be a bigger problem. They're actually very comfortable. I, I'm impressed that they can fit, you know, even though, this product is kind of in a weird market and the, the trick about earlier about how they compare to vision pro is that okay you, you skipped the whole okay we don't need vision pro we can just have glasses right so arguably these are a tad more fashionable or stylish than vision pro right because they kind of look like 
a, a typical pair of sunglasses like this. They're not far off, honestly, design-wise. And I was impressed that they could fit a 1080p display that's 60 FPS on my face, you know, something fairly lightweight. It's it's a little bit heavier than these glasses, of course. There's a little bit of bulk to them, as you can see. They stick out a little bit more than a typical pair of sunglasses would, of course. They're not this light, but they're, they're pretty light. Um, I would have thought that the comfort would have been a bigger issue. Um, but what actually ended up being the bigger issue for me is just, okay, you've got this giant black bar at the top here. So basically everything here and up, I can't see. Like there's just this really, really thick black line. It's essentially like the display. If you, if your head is perfectly level, you have to like look down at it. And then the other problem is that the glasses themselves are not very big like the lenses don't go down very far which means that constantly i'm battling with either the top of the display is cut off or the bottom of the display is cut off which is why you might notice me like if i want to read the time in the top corner of mac os i kind of raise my eyebrows a bit which kind of pushes the glasses upwards and then i can see the time but if i want to see my dock i do the opposite i have to like shrink my eyebrows <laughs> look like I'm frowning and then I can see the dock, but I can't really see the time at the top. So it's, it's interesting tech. It's fun to play with. And I'm grateful that the company sent them to me. And I think it was very brave of them to just reach out and send them without a contract. You know, they didn't pay me anything and they knew that, okay, we're going to send him some stuff, but he can say whatever he wants. So I instantly have a lot of respect for a company that is welcoming unbiased, unscripted criticism. Um, so there's a ton of respect in my opinion for that, because I'm sure there's a ton of people that worked on this product and tested it, um, and worked really, really hard on it to make it as capable and as practical as possible. And, uh, I let my family members try it and stuff like that. And, um, to be honest, like I, I thought of like, okay, should I give this to a friend or someone who, cause you know, they also included a lot of gaming accessories that I haven't tested out. Like, um, I haven't tested out the, the Steam Deck accessory or the Nintendo Switch accessory. And I have friends that have those. So I was like, maybe I should let them try it. Um, maybe I should just give it to them and then interview them for the channel and see what their perspective is because everyone kind of knows my perspectives. And my wife was already like, well, I might use them. So she she doesn't think they're worth what they cost. You know, the glasses are like, uh, oh my God. Option Command Media, thank you for the super chat. Drew, sing a song. Well, what song? You got to pick one. Somebody once told me. <laughs> we might have to save that till the end. That's an incredibly generous super chat. Thank you. But I just don't want to derail the conversation <laughs> just to turn this into a Drew cringe fest. Um, channel members actually can watch me uh, sing, uh, test out Apple Music Sing. It was horrible, but I did do an entire live stream of me singing karaoke, basically. Uh, everybody unsubscribed they all canceled their memberships immediately and they they sent me justified death threats which i did not disagree with so i i don't want to tick off everybody and sing right away but maybe i'll sing at the, the end i do love all-star um i sang a lot yesterday because i was driving for like 15 hours but yeah i'm not a great singer if you couldn't tell uh did i really get motion sickness from it i guess i'm lucky mine didn't give me motion sickness while walking did I say motion sickness? I, I don't know if I specifically said motion sickness, but I do recall having eye fatigue. I don't remember what I said in the video. Um, 
but it i do remember feeling like when i took the glasses off i was like ugh, like my eyes weren't adjusted for reality that my eyes were really focused on this augmented display um but the, it, it's kind of a hypocritical product or, or contradictory product the problem is okay it's not it's not like vision pro where it's covering your entire vision it's trying to be glasses which are more passive and more stylish you know the kind of thing you can wear when you're walking and all that but at the same time you can't really use this too much when you're walking around because the display covers up all your vision and the big black bar at the top makes it kind of hard to see like just everyday things it's very difficult to to look at um so it kind of defeats the point of having a pass-through like background around the display like at this point because of the limitations of the visibility and because it's fixed in space and kind of jarring if you're moving your head around a lot and the display is just stuck in front of you and you can't move it or anything because of that it kind of defeats the point of trying to make ar glasses like the limitations of this display in my opinion would have made it a better vr headset like you'd be better off just buying a bulky thing which could probably have better battery life and make something more like the meta quest um it's interesting to see what's possible when you try to make a smart accessory that has you know this has speakers and i believe it either, either this has a microphone or the neckband has a microphone one or the other um and it's just interesting to see what displays you can project on top of your vision but the 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 compromises involved the visibility involved makes it so difficult that it's like i think you'd be better off with just a, <laughs> with just a vr headset um Oh, there you go. That's a good song. I just wasted 10 seconds of your life. That's Reliant K, isn't it? I watched them. I went to a, that's, I don't go to a lot of concerts, but I watched Reliant K live in a concert back in Reading, I think like seven or eight years ago. And he did play that song. He did waste 10 seconds of my life. It's wonderful. Okay. Um... Let's see. Hasael says, I think AR VR glasses will be like 3D TVs in the future. Lots of initial hype, but it won't catch on. Too huge and tacky to be worn out compared to a watch. Definitely a lot of wearing out in public limitations. Yes. To be fair, the TV industry has constantly been looking for the next big thing and constantly struggling, but inherently it's a stationary device, which is what makes it a lot it makes it challenging to convince people to upgrade because just a regular TV works so well. And there's very little thing. Where's the neckband of the glasses? They're in the box behind me, but I'm using them with my MacBook so I can read your guys' messages. For the record, my MacBook Pro display is off. My MacBook has no, no display other than these right now. So I'm reading all your messages straight off the glasses. What things do I think will be re relieved at the next Apple event in September? Relieved or revealed? I'm trying to understand what you mean. Do you mean discontinued or whatever? Unfortunately, they'll probably get rid of the uh they'll probably get rid of the 13 mini, which is definitely a bummer. iPhone 12 is probably ready to go as well. So they might just have 13, 14 on the low end. I don't know if they'll keep the 14 plus. I guess they kept the 13 mini around for another year, so they'll probably keep the 14 plus around for people who want lightning for some reason. Um let's see. The Sarnus says, if, if Vision Pro are going to be comparable with EarPods, I think you mean AirPods Max, 
in terms of comfort, I will never be able to enjoy them. Really? You don't like AirPods Max in terms of comfort? Well, it's kind of a, it's covering your face. It's not going over your ears. It's, I don't think it's safe to compare them to, compare the two. Um, and I <laughs> will always love food. Exactly. Hey, Alpha. Wow, he's got the new badge. Got some new people. Um, for me, it's hard to see the top sometimes or the bottom. I did get mild eye fatigue, but only when gaming, not while streaming. Interesting. Yeah, I feel like it's more relaxing and I can do it for longer if I don't move. If I just lean my head back like this, it's fine. But if I'm moving my head around or, you know, the glasses are bouncing, which I, it makes you really self-conscious about how much you move your head, actually. That's what these are doing. If your display can just lock in place and your eyes can just track with it, definitely way harder to get eye fatigue, which is, I think, going to be the totally different experience of Vision Pro. Because Vision Pro is not going to be tracking displays and tiles with your with your face. They're just going to stay fixed in position and your head can move around and look at reality, which, yes, is much more expensive and the battery life is much more limited, but I do think the experience will be a lot more immersive and it will probably sell a lot more people on the future potential of Vision OS. I personally think there is a bit more of a future in spatial computing than there is in 3D TVs, but I don't think it will catch on very quickly. You know, to be fair, Apple never got into the 3D TV space, but they are getting into the spatial computing space. And all of the demos that people did of it seemed to be very impressed. And I think Apple was very wise to say, let's start with the first generation product being all about selling you on the concept of spatial computing. They're not so much about trying to make it affordable or mainstream or scalable. You know, they're building only, I think, less than 400,000 headsets, which in the grand scheme of Apple products is very, very little. You know, iPhones sell by the tens of million. Watches as well are selling by, I think, at least single-digit millions, potentially tens of millions. AirPods as well are selling millions upon millions, but dozens of millions of AirPods sell. Whereas the headset, they're just targeting like 300,000 for the first year. So it's clearly not meant to be a high volume product. And I think that's why they called it Pro. But they were smart because I think with the first generation product, they were just focused on like, let's make it so that the people who do get to try the song, um, the people who are wearing it will go, whoa, this is really cool. This is really What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, Join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Trippy. I kind of could see myself using this, but it's just too expensive. You know, Apple can get, convince people to spend a lot of money on things. They've always been good at that. You know, even the first computer was way more expensive than anybody would spend before because people didn't buy computers. But Apple convinced everybody that having a home computer, which was a new idea at the time, but, you know, before computers were just something that businesses would use. Um, it wasn't something that everyday consumers would want in their house. But Apple convinced you, hey, you should drop 2000 3000 $4,000 on this thing for your household. And at first it wasn't very popular, but over time they mainstreamed it and they showed more use cases and they made it more popular. Same story with laptops, same story with the iPod, then the iPhone, then the iPad. You know, there's so many products that Apple has convinced us we need to buy that, you know, just 50, 60 years ago, nobody was really buying those. No one bought computers. No one bought, <laughs> um, not that many people bought cell phones even. A lot of people just bought dumb flip phones and smartphones were something just for business people that needed to write emails but everyday people weren't buying smartphones until the iphone came around and convinced everybody to drop 500 600 a thousand dollars on their phone and now they've just so yes i agree there's there's a lot of gimmicks involved and it's very early in the spatial computing space and my first impressions when i heard that apple was going to be releasing a three thousand dollar headset i was like that's a this is a joke. That's ridiculous. Who's going to want to buy that? Who would use that? Um, but my point is, that's been a lot of people's opinions on all kinds of Apple products that ended up taking off and becoming a huge success. So I think it's kind of naive for us to assume we know what the future is. I don't really know. Um, it could be a big flop. That's totally possible. But I, I do think that Apple has a track record of making a lot of things that we're not mainstream mainstream because they get the software and the user experience better than anybody. Usually not the pricing better than anybody, but they get the experience better. Um, Burkhardt says, I'm still bullish on my only USB-C iPhones after September 12th theory. That would be amazing. And I really hope it happens, but I feel like there'd be more news about that. You know, I feel like there, that would, that would leak with all the things that have leaked so far. Um, Let's see. AirPods Max are my favorite Apple product. Super comfortable. Well, I can't say they're my favorite, but I do agree with you. <laughs> they're, they are very comfortable. Uh, do I think the 13 mini will be in certified refurbished soon or will it take a while? What I've noticed about the best products in certified refurbished is they never last that long because, you know, they don't have infinite supply of them. So I thought there was 13 minis in refurbished at one point, but uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm thinking of the 12 mini. My point is, whenever the 13 Mini does start showing up in Certified Refurbished, it probably won't be in there long. It'll probably sell very, very fast. Um, so get it quick. But yes, I agree with you, Marnjell. I'm very hopeful that Burkhardt is right. It would be amazing if we could get a USB-C older iPhone. You know, the, the downside of that report is if Apple continues in their trend of discontinuing the older iPhones it's most likely that the 13 mini will not make the cut. So that weakens the chance that even if Burkhardt is correct, 
it weakens the chances that we'll get a USB-C uh, 13 mini. But even a USB-C 13 would be really cool just to get a decent iPhone with a USB-C port that doesn't cost, you know, 800 to a thousand dollars would be nice. How much should the 13 mini costs? Sorry, the, the regular 13. It would basically get subtracted by a hundred dollars, right? Let me go to the Apple. Oh, look at that. I'm already here. How convenient. Buy iPhone 13. So I can see this display with you guys. Uh, right now it's $6.99, which means I guess it would be $5.99 with USB-C if they do end up refreshing it. That would be awesome. Really hope they do that. I mean, it's not really my favorite form factor, but I would just like to be able to get one for cheaper. Anyway, yes, really hope he's right. Drew, am I drinking water? I am. I'm in a very hot climate, though, so it doesn't really have that much of an effect. It, I will still sweat. But I am drinking water. Okay, let's see. Marnjell said... Oh, wait, I already read that. How long before a Samsung makes a Vision Pro competitor? Do you think it will be cheaper? Samsung software and is good, so isn't as good, so I have low hopes for it. I'm actually more hopeful for everybody, like Samsung, Meta. I mean, I don't like Meta, but I think that Apple entering the space is actually going to improve and enhance the entire market because a lot of what Apple is known for doing is showing people what they should be doing. And now that everybody, I think, is excited and sold on the concept of, okay, you navigate the UI with your eyes and you just have really great eye tracking, and then you click and interact with the UI by tapping your fingers together like this. Now that a lot of people know that that's a really intuitive and very smart user interface, I bet a bunch of people will copy that and then try to improve on it either with affordability or doubling down on it or something like having better hands tracking or better eye tracking than Apple. Um, but I do think that the biggest limitation Samsung and Meta is going to have with trying to replicate Vision Pro is definitely going to come down to the silicon. I think that's the biggest advantage is the two, the two biceps that Apple is rocking with Vision Pro is the M2 chip and the R1 chip. That's something that nobody else is going to have access to. Very efficient, um, very fast, great at stitching video feeds together, great at tracking and interpreting lots of data at once and not consuming too much energy. And then, of course, the other big advantage of Vision Pro is going to be micro OLED, but I know Apple's not manufacturing that. So the reason I say that's not as big as an advantage is because other companies will probably be able to buy those micro OLED panels eventually from whatever supplier Apple's using. I don't even know if it's Samsung or not, but... Um, Usually it's Samsung for OLED, but yeah, I do think other companies will make their own version of it and try to undercut it. And that's a good thing. I think they should. I, I welcome that because I think that's a lot of the reason Galaxy phones are as good as they are today. They took a lot of inspiration and copied a lot from what Apple did and they tried to improve on it and make it better and make it unique and make it their own. Same thing with Google and the Pixel phones and then they add their own specialty software on it or their own exclusive features. And that's just the beauty of the free market is they can try to catch up with each other. I'm not one of those guys that's like, yeah, but you copied that. It's like, if you can copy it and make it better, then great. That's what we're trying to make products here that people use and enjoy. You know, that's the focus here. We don't need to, if someone comes up with a good idea, I don't think we should just say, oh, okay, well, no one else do that. Only Apple can do that. 
It's like, no, I, I want Google to make their own silicon. Copy that attribute from Apple and try to do, try to do it better than Apple did it. Try to make the Tensor chip faster than the A series of chip. Or Samsung should try to make the Exynos processor faster than the A-series processor. And Microsoft should make their own custom ARM chips for the Surface hardware that's really well optimized and super efficient and super fast. Like, that that would all be great. Um, copy each other and try to improve on it. Alpha says, I'm afraid I'm going to have to drop $3,500 just because I need to make sense of this whole spatial computing thing. Maybe you could try one out at an Apple store. I don't know. Next time you're at an Apple store. But frankly, I think the Vision Pro is going to be very difficult to get your hands on. Once the pre-orders open for them, it will probably start getting back-ordered very, very fast. Um, let's see. I've accepted that Vision Pro is not a product marketed towards me. I don't need every Apple product anymore. I am finally free. No, I, I'm totally there with you, Porosky. For the record, I'm excited in... in curious very curious to see where the future of vision os goes and and what the headset is going to be like i'm i can't wait to try it out genuinely i think it'll be like this mind-blowing experience but i'm not sold on it like i'm not and and i mean literally sold on it like i'm not convinced that 3500 for the first generation headset is a good deal and that's kind of what we kicked started this stream with was talking about like how many years of support will it get i'm thinking four or five um, sounds reasonable, um, maybe six, depending on how often it gets refreshed, but it's, it's totally possible that, I don't know. I feel like what other features could you come up with in vision OS that isn't going to be capable with the M2 chip? Like there's, there's struggles and limitations with vision pro for sure, but most of it is, you know, pricing, battery life, um, the bulkiness of it. I don't think a ton of the challenges is like getting the apps to run or coming up with some feature that the M2 chip can't handle, but the M4 chip can. Like, I don't see that coming up all that much. And because it's such an expensive device, I feel like Apple would want to let it have many years of software support. Um, but yeah, like, I don't think the experience will be substantially worse, even with future generations of the product. Like, you know, the, the first generation Vision Pro, I think is a 90 Hertz display there's a good chance that the second or third generation Vision Pro will be like 120 hertz or 144 hertz. And that will require the R2 or the R3 chip. But does that mean that the R1 chip can't run Vision OS 5.0? Like, I don't think so, but I could be wrong. Um, I think they have, oh, of course, Puroski, they'll definitely find a way to make it look cheap, uh, to make it more affordable. I think that's why they're calling it Apple Vision Pro. The first generation has pro in the name. I think that kind of directly is them admitting that there also will be a non-pro that's cheaper in the future. Um, seeing the glasses look like they hover over your face makes it look like a Snapchat filter. <laughs> yeah, they do look weird, don't they? My eyes are hurting, though. I hope I'm not causing some kind of damage. I'm probably causing damage every time I use my phone because iOS 17 keeps telling me I'm holding the phone too close. Um... Let's see. Unrelated, but one of the things I learned on my road trip is we need to bully shell recharge harder than EA. I ended up paying them a dollar and thirty cents a kilowatt hour. Didn't pay more than forty cents. Jeez, that's horrible. That's when electricity costs more than gas. Yikes. Yes, more bullying, Dylan. Good point. <laughs> Haseel says I've thought about buying a Vision Pro and leaving it sealed to sell it. 
um, years later for much more problem is Apple is allegedly going to mold your Vision Pro to your face, aren't they? That's That'll hinder reselling. I don't think necessarily. I mean, it might be a, a, by appointment only, but I do think there will be general sizes depending on your face. I don't think it's going to be like, okay, this headset can only fit your face and no one else's. There's just slight variations in, in the the eyes and the, the way it mounts. That, that It's kind of like, uh, what is it, the, uh, the solo band, you know, the watch band that's just one size that you just put on and there's no strap or buckle or anything. It'll probably be like that. Like maybe there's four or five different variants and because it's so expensive to make that whole seal and that cover and everything they don't want to just include all five sizes with every purchase so they might require you to go to the store try one on see which one fits best and then they'll include that one with the purchase um to save on cost because it's a lot of money probably for all those different attachments so it's not like airpods pro where they can just include every size um Let's see. Mark stopped making his pro headset after Apple headset was talked about. No, I doubt it. I think Meta probably is very excited now. They probably feel very reaffirmed in the market. Like, oh, cool. This is a real market now that Apple's entering it. And at the same time, now we know what to do. I'm sure the next Meta Quest is already taking tons of inspiration. And, you know, before Meta was trying to keep it reasonably priced, like $500 to $1,000. Now that there's Apple Vision Pro and probably a ton of people are going to buy it, Meta probably feels like, oh, hey, that means we can drop $2,500 on uh, our headset and people will still say, hey, Meta's is cheaper than Apple. So I, I think they feel like their their room for improvement now has greatly increased. I, th I think it, Meta was probably incredibly happy by the launch of Vision Pro. I don't, I don't think they were worried. A lot of people are like, oh, I bet Meta feels like they're in trouble now. No, they're going to do great. For the same reason, Android phones have done amazing since the iPhone came out. It wasn't like the iPhone killed all the competition. It definitely influenced the competition. Um, it changed the way the competition made their hardware. You know, before the iPhone, everybody was all in favor of physical keyboards, you know, BlackBerry-style mini keyboards. And when the original iPhone came out, everybody mocked it for, oh, my God, it's only virtual. There's no physical keyboard. That's crazy. Now everybody's moved on and switched to all virtual. Apple kind of mainstreamed that, normalized it. Um, Meta stopped production of Quest Pro and is going to be discontinued when they run out. Quest 3 does like 80-90% of what Quest Pro does for a third of the launch price, half the current price. I don't know which, which you're saying no to, but um, yeah. My point is whatever future Meta headset that's in development is probably going to be heavily influenced and compared directly to the Vision Pro. And my guess is the the next Meta Pro or whatever they call it is the Quest Pro second gen will probably try to be a Vision Pro copycat and it'll be a lot cheaper. Meta loves copying people. We know that, right? There's no way Meta can command people to pay $2,500 for the product. They do not have the brand power, loyalty, or reliability that Apple has. Eh. I don't know. I feel like Meta has a little bit more history with headsets than Apple does considering they've you know, they own Oculus and they've delivered a lot more headsets than Apple has so far. Um, so I'm not saying it will sell at the same volume, but I mean, honestly, the first generation Vision Pro, we're not really going to know what the market demand is for it because I don't think they're going to be able to make enough for them. They're not going to be able to make enough headsets probably to match the demand anyway. Um, but I think it could come out 
and Meta could make their own headset that does a lot of the exact same things that the Vision Pro does and cost less, and that might make a lot of people consider it. They might all go, well, I could save myself $1,000 and get close to the same experience with Meta's headset. And even if it's just a little runoff, it doesn't have to steal all of Apple's competition, even if it just steals some of it. Um, my point is Apple will make a $2,500 headset look reasonable. Whereas before Vision Pro, no, that, that wouldn't have been up for discussion. Basically, I don't think anybody would have bought a Meta headset for $2,500. But if Apple releases a $3,500 headset and then Meta releases a $2,500, yeah, I think a lot of people might consider $2,500. Um, if the Vision Pro isn't a colossal failure, do you think it will replace the iPhone in five to 10 years? No, basically, I don't think anything will replace the iPhone, but I don't think you're asking the right question. Um, I think the problem people are facing when they ask that question is they're saying, will it be a big deal? You know, will it replace the iPhone or will it be a, a colossal flop? You know, will it just die off and not be that big a deal? I personally think it can be a massive impact on our spatial computing, our ecosystem, it could change the way we use all of our products and still not replace the iPhone. But it could transform the iPhone. I don't think the iPhone will go away, but personally, I think it will change the way we use our phones substantially. In the same way, the iPhone was a huge impact on the world, clearly. The iPhone took over and, you know, went from nobody having one to it feels like everybody having at least some form of smartphone that has been in some way, shape or form influenced by the iPhone, whether it's made by Apple or not. It's all kind of copying that original Steve Jobs vision of what an iPhone can be. Um, but did that kill off the Mac? No, there's still Macs. There's still a lot of people that buy MacBooks and iMacs and Mac minis and Mac studios. But is it for the same reason? Are people buying a personal computer for the same reason they did pre-iPhone? You'll, you'll notice, eh, not exactly. Um, so yes, of course, I agree with Dylan. Of course, the Vision Pro and the iPhone can coexist. But where I disagree with most people is that that doesn't mean that one is not very impactful or not a big deal. That doesn't mean Vision Pro is a niche, small market. I think the Vision Pro or Vision OS, I should say, not the Pro. The first generation is never that important. You know, the original iPhone was not a smashing success. Like, that didn't take over the world. Everyone's, when, when I go on X and ask people, what's your favorite iPhone generation? Absolutely zero people said the first generation iPhone. There's a ton of people that said the iPhone 10 or the iPhone 5 or the iPhone 4 or the iPhone 12 mini or the SE. There were all kinds of answers, but they were all the, you know, fifth, sixth, 10th, 12th generation of that product. The first generation is rarely what convinces the masses to, to, to go forward with it. Like this is going to go mainstream. Um, same thing with the Apple watch. The first generation was not very good. Follow-up generations got better, uh, more reliable, more consistent. And then it became the best-selling watch in the world. So I think it could be very similar with, with vision OS. It, it, it probably won't catch on as quickly as the iPhone or the iPad or the Apple Watch did because it's much harder to market an AR experience than it is just a device that you can hold. Um, but there's all kinds of use cases. I have a list on my phone, by the way, um, that I could totally go through. Oh, by the way, Face ID does not work um, when wearing these glasses. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, I have a whole list of things that 
uh, use cases that could open up with future generations of uh, the hardware. So anytime I think of something that comes up, I'm like, oh yeah, Vision OS could do that. Oh yeah, a headset could do that in the future as it gets cheaper, more widespread. Um, but I think that Vision OS could turn the iPhone into much more of a camera-focused device, similarly how the iPhone has pushed the Mac into more of a productivity-focused device. You know, less and less people buy a Mac these days for watching videos, checking email, you know, IM, <laughs> instant messaging, you know, communication. Less and less of that is what people buy a Mac for. And these days, a lot of people don't even need to buy a Mac because their phone... They can do online baking, they can do email, they can watch videos, they can take it with them, it's very pocketable. For a lot of people, the iPhone kind of has filled the void of what a computer did, but people will still buy a personal computer for other things, like getting work done. It became less of an entertainment device, more of a, okay, I want to edit videos or write music or do software engineering. I buy a Mac for those things. But for communication, for media consumption, you know, listening to music, watching videos, I do more of that on my phone now, less so my laptop. So they can coexist, but they are still both very impactful. You know, the personal computer changed the world. iPhone changed the world. Um, similarly, I think Apple Vision Pro or Apple Vision Air or whatever the future generations are called, they can make a massive impact on our lives and change the way we use our tech without replacing the iPhone. I think the iPhone is already becoming more and more of a camera-focused device every year anyway. Like the percentage of the keynote where they talk about the camera grows every year because there's only so much you can talk about with the screen, only so much you can say about the battery life and the chip on the inside. So every year, what do they brag about? How do they convince you to buy a new one? Oh, well, this camera is so much better. Oh, this camera has optical zoom. Or, oh, this camera has way more megapixels. This is way more ultra-wide. Um, it becomes more and more of a camera device um, because that's something I don't see Vision OS replacing. There's a lot of things I, I could see Vision OS replacing or filling the void of, like external monitors or TVs, you know, being able to just plaster a screen anywhere you go, watch movies or browse social media without having to hold the device. You know, you could just lay down in bed and scroll as much as you want to, and you have unrestricted screen real estate. You're not bound by the black mirror anymore. You know, you don't have bezels anymore. You can just put windows wherever you want them and they stay in that space. You can have notifications that pop up that don't cover up your content. Um, you could, you know, because it's cameras in the future, even you could have like periscope zoom on the glasses and let you zoom in further um, on things that you're looking at far away. Um, you know, we, we do that with our phones now when we pinch to zoom and that kind of thing. Um, there's all kinds of, you know, typing in midair and being able to have a big monitor and a big screen setup that you can take with you instead of having to pack a big 16-inch laptop or, you know, a bunch of people just bought a 15-inch MacBook Air because they wanted a bigger screen, but they wanted it to be more portable. What if all your screens basically could just be powered by this thing? Um, there's a lot of potential with that. But one thing that I don't see it completely replacing is the need for a separate camera. Very difficult to do selfies with a head-mounted device. Very difficult to do FaceTime calls. Apple's trying to pitch it as like, oh, it'll stitch together your face, but it just looks weird. I don't think that's going to work out. Similar to how Apple, like on the original Apple Watch, had a little side button that was just for um, accessing your friends and contacts, and then they ended up scrapping that. They were like, you know what? Never mind. That's not what the side button's for. 
I feel similarly about trying to FaceTime with the headset on. I just don't think it's going to be that common. I don't think people are going to do it. Um, there's just going to be too many advantages and perks to having a separate device with a camera. This camera will always have a better battery life, more, you know, computational performance, better lenses. And there's a lot of people that, you know, take selfies and want to see how they look. Maybe when you're taking the selfie, you know, with Vision OS, perhaps you don't need to use a front facing camera anymore. Now you can use the rear facing camera as you're taking the selfie. And then Vision OS can put that camera feed on the back of the phone. So even though you're using the better, superior rear facing camera, you still got a, a great visual showcasing. Here's what you look like. Here's what the photo is going to look like before you take it. That becomes your, your camera preview is just floating in space. So you have all that perspective. Um, so there's other things basically that I could see Vision OS changing the way we use our phone, but I'm not one of those people that says it's going to replace the phone. Um, especially in the first generation because it doesn't even have cellular. So it's it's bound to Wi-Fi. That's going to make it kind of hard to replace the phone as of right now. Would I rather have an iPhone have white bezels or unsymmetrical bezels like an Android? Ooh. I could take unsymmetrical as long as they're black. White bezels just... I can't stand it. Um... Let's see. Sunny Patel says, I love how we talk about AR VR so much more now. I've been waiting for this for years. It's fast. I agree. It's fascinating to see Apple finally do something different. You know, it was getting kind of boring after all these years for them to just iterate and iterate and slightly tweak what they already have. Um, AJ says, will Vision OS be better than Clown OS? Yeah, I don't know. In my opinion, Vision OS seems to be running a lot of just basic iPad OS apps. So there's a chance that it won't be that much better. Um, but it lets you treat it as an external monitor for your Mac. So I don't even really need it to. I don't need it to be better than iPad OS. As long as it can turn into a monitor for Mac OS, I could, I could see usefulness there. Um, let's see. I had to do a second appearance for Face ID and turn off require attention to get it work with the glasses. Oh, geez. I just, I would be stressed out using my phone while I wear these. It just covers so much of my vision. My eyes feel tired already. I don't think this stuff is healthy at all. I can imagine myself having headaches just by looking at it. The truth is the tech nerd, whatever device you're watching this on, there's probably a certain amount of unhealthy use of it. Don't act like smartphones are, are innocent either. The amount of time we spend on our, um, who's texting me? Gotta take this thing off. Um, okay. Not important. Let's see iPhone and Vision Pro can definitely coexist. Marnjell says, 10 years from now, I imagine Vision Pro will cost $4,000 or more. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people expected the price to go down for a lot of things, but most Apple products they launch get more expensive over time, not cheaper. Original iPhone, it's way more expensive now than the original. Same thing with AirPods, they just got more expensive. Same thing with the Apple Watch, it just went up in price. Same thing with the iPad. I mean, there's cheaper variants of it, but the high-end ones tend to get worse. Um, I actually think arguably this kind of stuff might be better for your eyes because when you're holding a phone really close to your face, your eyes are focusing on something really close by, which can weaken your vision at looking things far away. As I've discovered, I have bad vision when it comes to things that are far away from me. Um, and that's a very common problem with kids who are spending a lot of time on devices and tablets and stuff because they, 
they're using screens all the time. So their eyes are all adjusted to something really close to their face. Whereas at least with something like this, it's not actually that far away, of course. It's right in front of your eyes, but it's tricking your eyes into thinking that there's a display, you know, six to 10 feet away. So your eyes are adjusted to the equivalent of something further away, which arguably might actually be better for your eyesight than constantly focusing on something really close by. So um, there's not just some like magical bad thing that happens when you hold an object close to your eye. Obviously your eyelids cover your eyes for hours and hours a day, but your eyes are relaxed, you know, when you go to sleep and everything. Um, what's causing a lot of damage is when people hold devices really close to their face all the time. Um, this is technically not the same thing because my eyes aren't focusing on something right here. They're focusing on a display that's pretending it's way back here, which is why I think it might actually be better for your vision. Um, the real question is who's taking selfies with a headset on? I mean, people said the same thing about AirPods, right? Who would want to wear that? But yeah, I mean, the first generation and the second generation even, of course, are going to be kind of bulky. And I think Apple knows that. They're pitching it more as a, a desk accessory or something you use at home. Um, Apple never showcased someone walking around with it outside. They're just kind of showing it off as like an office tool for now because of the hardware limitations. But because a lot of the rumors about Vision Pro ended up being correct, you know, the whole Bloomberg report in Ming-Chi Kuo, we're talking about, you know, $3,000, $3,500 headset, all these cameras. All of those reporters were also doubling down on the idea that in three to four years, Apple's going to launch glasses that will try to do everything that the headset can do, but try to be more passive and something you can wear more casually. So now that Apple has... Every day... We rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Confirmed that a lot of those reports were accurate. I think it's pretty obvious that eventually Apple wants to make some kind of glasses like this. But I think the big difference is they don't want to just be what Vitcher is doing. They don't just want to plaster a display in front of you. They want a pair of glasses that can do everything Vision Pro can do. Eye tracking, hand tracking, 
track a, a display or a window in space and leave it there um, and just basically make it much, much smaller. Um, no one is saying Gen 1 replaced the phone, but Gen 5, 6, or 7 might. Uh, I don't know. I saw some people on X talking about, like, will will you buy Vision Pro and use it instead of your iPhone? And I was like, those, those people are lying. Don't trust those people. It's hard for me to look close, but not far. Yeah, it's it's honestly a weird focal adjustment. Like, I'm used to using my phone or my laptop, like, right here. But then when I put on the glasses, I have to like remind my eyes, like I, I'm focusing on something further away. If I keep my focal distance the same as my phone, it doesn't work. So I have to, I have to look through the glasses to see th the stuff through them. Rebuttal, the lenses are right in front of your eyes and you are psychologically aware that it is, so it's doing just as much damage. No, that eye damage doesn't come from psychology. <laughs> No, it's a physical thing. Eye damage comes from focusing on an object this close to your face. With these glasses, I'm not doing that same thing. I'm focusing on something further away. That's why your eyelids don't cause damage. There's not just some magical damage that happens by keeping... That's why people who wear glasses don't experience... Like, sunglasses don't cause eye damage, even though there's something really close to your eye. Your, your eyes aren't adjusting to the sunglasses. They're adjusting to what's through... You look through them. Same thing with this. You're looking through the lenses and capturing the display that is in a hypothetical faraway space. So psychologically, it's not it's not causing the same damage. Social media causes psychological damage, not not AR glasses. Um, I'm even planning on opening a tech history museum in my hometown. Oh, that's cool! And we got the same name, Andrew. Nice. Um, man. I wish I could, I should probably send you some stuff. Nub God Rising says, how did you get a Tesla car and do you have a job? Not really. <laughs> You're looking at it. This is basically my job. It's been over six years now. I quit my one and only job working at a Mandarin ranch um, back in May of 2017. And ever since then, I've been making YouTube videos full time. Um, so I just make videos. For whatever reason, you guys watch them. Um, I don't know why you guys watch them. They're embarrassing and cringy, and they're not very well made either. I appreciate the super chat. Um, but yeah, I, I always liked Teslas as soon as I, I... I pretty much liked all electric cars as soon as I figured out that... Wait, there's cars that don't require gasoline? Most of my love of Tesla comes from hatred of gas cars. Like, I've just always hated the internal combustion engine vehicles. I hate how noisy they are. I hate gas stations. I hate having to pay for gasoline. I hate how many issues gas cars have. I've owned a couple gas cars and usually had tons of issues with them. And I just hate the whole process of pumping gas or changing oil or replacing brake pads or replacing head gaskets or fixing transmissions all that stuff I hate and I love software and I love computers um, and I love well-designed hardware and minimalism and Tesla is basically just the epitome of minimalistic car um, that is focused on good software, good user experience. Um, it's not so much a luxury brand as much as some people may claim it is. Uh, I didn't buy a Tesla because I thought it was super luxurious. I bought it because I thought it was super techy. And I enjoy, you know, just well-done software and well-done hardware and that kind of thing. Um, so for whatever reason, Google 
uh, paid me for the past six years. And I use that money to buy lots of things. The Tesla is not the most expensive thing I've purchased, but it's definitely up there. And uh, we saved a lot of our money. And um, thanks to you guys watching and donating, we've been able to uh, invest in real estate and our retirement accounts and make make a living at this, which is uh, amazing. I still can't believe it's real. Like it's still a dream job for me. Um, it's still amazing. So I'm very, very grateful for you guys watching and uh, supporting the channel. It's very kind of you to allow me to have this dream job. Basically, as long as you guys are watching, I'll keep making stuff. Um, if everybody stops watching, I'll probably stop making stuff, but I enjoy it. I have fun because there's not a lot of people in my personal life I get to talk to about this kind of thing. So having other people online that are interested in the same kind of stuff that I'm interested in is fun. I really, I really enjoy that because I can bounce ideas off you and read your thoughts and, um, yeah, I, I, it's fun for me. It doesn't really feel like I'm working. Um, no guns is what state do I live in? Uh, it's hard to tell these days because I've been traveling so much. I've been visiting friends and family for the past three months. We were in Oregon for a, a while yesterday. We were in Idaho for a couple of weeks. We were in Hawaii. We were in Washington. Before that, we were in Thailand. We were in Philippines. Um, so at the moment, California, but <laughs> I'm all over the place. Thank you for the super chat. Um, you may be tricked, but it doesn't mean the display is further away. That's my, you're not understanding my point, Springles. It doesn't matter if the display is actually far away. My point is if your eye isn't focusing on something this close, the damage isn't done. Um, for the same reason, sunglasses don't give you eye damage, even though there is a physical object very close to your eye. It doesn't, the, the, the display itself isn't what's doing damage. It's the focusing on an object that's really close to your face that does damage. Um, shame that Elon Musk is involved with Tesla. I know. I've been saying for a while now, I hope that that can be clear. I want Elon to leave Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it. I want him to leave that. I want him to leave Tesla. I basically think Elon is great with rockets. And that should be all of his focus. Um, SpaceX has not achieved their mission statement. Tesla has. Um, I don't think they need Elon anymore. I think they're doing great. And he's probably not spending much time there anyway now. Um, so I think Tesla should just be run by Drew Baglino and Tom Zhu. And X could be run by Linda, the new CEO they've elected. Um, to be fair, I didn't like the way they ran Twitter before he bought it. Now he bought it, and I still don't like the way they handled it, but at least it's different. There's a different set of problems, but there's still problems. Um, thank you for laughing at memes. <laughs> of course. That's what that's what memes are for. Um, do I know Big Truck Series Review? Well, I guess it's not his name anymore. Now he's called like Passport Bros or something. Um, I don't know him personally, but he always comments on my videos about wanting more storage in his iPhone. So that's why I joke about him. Um, what I was getting at is that you have a screen not even half a foot in front of your eyes. Were you never told not to sit close to the TV growing up? It is bad on your eyes. Same concept. The part that is bad is the focusing. It's not like the pixels have some magical light particles that damage your eyes. Like... You need to understand why it's bad for your eyes. Sunglasses don't <laughs> aren't bad for your eyes, even though they're 
an object that is changing your vision, changing what you see very close to your eyes because you look through them and you're focusing on your surroundings. It's the same concept with this. It's not like pixels somehow magically change the outcome of the, the damage done. Um, that doesn't make any sense. The problem is when your eyes are focusing on something really, really close. Isn't sitting close to the TV thing a myth? That is true. It's not actually that bad for you. Um, people just thought it was bad for you. The smartphone thing is much worse. Uh, you'll be paid for making you, and soon you'll be paid for making YouTube videos and tweets. I mean, X's, I mean, posts. <laughs> I know what a, what a great rebrand idea, wasn't it? I hope so. I I'm on the, I'm on the list to be paid. X is telling me I'm on track for payouts, but I've still yet to be paid. So, um, let's see. What perks do I get for becoming a member? Uh, you, your name changes green. Don't do it. It's not worth it. Don't become a channel member. <laughs> There's so many of you channel members. I don't know why you're channel members anyway, but, uh, you get to vote on what videos are made next, but there's no active polls going on right now. So it's totally not worth it. Your name changes to green in the chat and you get a little badge next to your name. Who cares? I still read your messages here, even if your name is in green. So that's not worth it. Um, if I get to it, I haven't to, I haven't because I've been traveling so much and I haven't had adequate internet access for a while, but now that I'm back home, I should be doing members only streams for a while which means that you can watch me live film and edit my videos as I'm making them. But I haven't done those in a while, so it's not worth it. And if you sign up for Tales of Tech Pro, you can ask questions before the live stream begins, um, which unfortunately several people have asked those here and not had them answered. So why don't I ask them now? Like Puroski says, why doesn't Apple let the Today View on the iPad take up more of the display rather than the small portion it is given? It's a very simple answer, Puroski. That would require work from the iPadOS team. You silly man. iPadOS team doesn't do work. That's why there's no calculator app or optimized battery charging. So in case you're wondering, that's why. Um, James asked a much bigger question, which is going to be really hard to answer, but he says, what apps do I have on my phone? Are there apps you use, but don't have them on your home screen? How often do you clean up unused apps from your phone? Okay. So basically never, I have a ton of apps that I bury deep in folders because there's a bunch that I don't really keep around on, on my home screen, but I will pull them up through Siri search on occasion. So in case you're wondering why I haven't done like a uh, what's on my iPhone video, it's because the apps on my phone are not that interesting or unique. Like I have mail and messages and uh, uh, wallet. <laughs> I have the X app in my dock, you know, YouTube, YouTube studio. Like it's, I don't, I don't have that many interesting apps to talk about i guess one third-party app that i use um <laughs> that's funny i just got an email from tesla that says look at look at this headline this is all it read charge your electric vehicle wow thanks for that reminder tesla it ended up being an ad for the universal wall connector that they just launched but i didn't see that so i just got an email that just says charge your electric vehicle which is kind of hilarious anyway um one app that i use to make my video thumbnails is called godaddy studio which is kind of a nice app i also use youtube music 
YouTube studio. My wife complains every time she gets on my phone. She goes, I can't keep track. What, what are all these different YouTube apps? She's like, I just want music, but this one looks like music and this one looks like music. Um, so I do have what I mean by like apps that are buried on my phone is like, I have a ton of rewards apps that some I hardly ever access. Like some of these, I just go to these places on my birthday to get a free drink or a free meal or a free whatever. Um, so I download them for my birthday and then I basically never use them again. Um, so I have a bunch of those and they just kind of sit in the background doing nothing. Um, utilities, I'll bury apps that like every other week or something, I might need something in there, but I often don't use them. Um, so I don't have a lot of creative or original apps. I guess I have the Terabox app, which is super sketchy, but super cheap. Um, if you care about privacy, you should not use Terabox but I don't really care about digital privacy. So I have a, a cloud storage account with them. Um, it's free. It doesn't cost you anything, but there are ads and I'm pretty sure someone can see all the pictures, but I don't have any secrets. So I don't really care. Um, but they give you a terabyte of cloud storage for free. So that's why I use it because I'm a cheap, I'm a cheap boy and I like me a good deal. Um, that reminds me, I need to charge my EV. Sorry. He says, did I, Nub God said, I, did I see my past two messages. Am I missing him? I watch his videos. Hold on, let me scroll down. Oh, I watch his videos and he keeps saying he wants more storage. And he keeps saying that Android fanboys keep complaining about innovation. He says something about Samsung being lackluster in all Android. I can't imagine doing stuff that iOS is doing. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't think you're going to get much innovation in a field that has matured. The smartphone market has matured, so there's not there's just not going to be in my opinion foldables are not innovative. They're just a slightly new form factor, but they're not that different from the way we use our phones. And most people don't even like them. At KFC, you can get a free refill after you eat a bucket of fried chicken after an hour. What? Are you serious? Don't joke with me about that. I'll do it. Hey, Drew, you watch the Waveform podcast? Marquez and Ellis love them iPads. I sometimes tune into it. I haven't watched the last couple because I've been traveling so much. Honestly, with all the family stuff I've been doing um, and traveling we've been doing, I haven't had a ton of time on YouTube. I've, Whenever I get a little bit of downtime, I tend to go on X and read what people are posting there. And I've been posting a lot more there now that they uh, are monetizing people. But... Um, yeah, like my phone, I've spent way more time on X than I have on YouTube lately. But now that I'm kind of getting back into my normal routine, I'm back home again, um, I should be able to catch up. But there's been, I look at my YouTube app and I go to my sub feed and there's so many channels that I love watching, but I, I'm so behind. Like, I feel like I'm two weeks behind on content because I've been so family focused lately. But why would you ever eat KFC over Popeye's? Exactly. Thank you, Simply Sora. I understand you now. Um, I agree. Popeyes is substantially better than KFC. Uh, the Sarnus, Sarnus, am I pronouncing that right? Says, recently experienced the famous Apple customer service when they replaced my 14 Pro Max's battery for dropping to 95% health within a year. They'll replace it with that? I thought it had to drop below 80 within a year, not 95. That's normal. Matured equals we are running out of practical innovations. This is my interpretation. Cameras are already stupidly good for what we need. Processors, stupid fast screens, solid and large, so on. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it, it'd be like complaining that there hasn't been much innovation for the hammer lately. You know, like just a construction tool. 
We haven't changed the screwdriver in decades. How are we going to innovate with the screwdriver or the powered drill? It's like, I mean, there's not much to innovate on. It's been around for a long time. We've kind of made it as good as we can make it. So, you know, why? there's not just like some magic wand that you can just say, boom, make it more innovative. You know, there's, it comes a point where it's just something as simple as like the wheel. You can't necessarily reinvent the wheel. It's just a simple technology that's very effective and works on lots of products. So there's no, there's not much innovation going on with the wheel. Um, that's why, that's why I'm very excited for Vision Pro and Vision OS is because there's so many flaws with it. There's so many limitations with it. There's so much room for improvement that can unlock new use cases and new um, functionality. Whereas I don't really feel that way about the iPhone or the watch or the iPad. That's all just kind of gotten as good as it's going to get. And every year it just gets slightly better chips, slightly tweaked display, slightly better camera. And that's not that exciting to me. Like so many of you, I, I also want better tech. I want better, more game-changing, something that'll change the way we use our technology, something that unlocks new use cases. And I think that's what Vision OS is going to do, unlock new functionality and new use cases that we don't currently have. Because all of our current tech is kind of bound by the black mirror. It's bound by the bezel. Whereas Vision OS allows us to work beyond that. We can just put holograms and displays kind of wherever we want in space and scale them to the size we want and interact with them with just our fingers and our eyes. And that might allow us to do things we couldn't do before. Most revolutionary thing to happen to hammers in decades is a nail holding magnet. <laughs> so much innovation. What's my iPhone battery percentage at? What do I think about a lot of texts? People's 14 pro having lower than expected. I think they're just paranoid. I've looked back at other people complaining throughout the years and there were people with the 13 Pro that were experiencing worse battery health, um, you know, 90% before the one year mark. I have an iPhone 11 that I don't believe has ever had its battery replaced and the battery health is at, I think, 87%, I believe. Let me double check just so you guys don't think I'm lying. But yeah, I'm at peak performance and I'm at 87 Although my iPhone SE 2, which I had before this, was at 78%, and I was still getting by just fine with that. I wait at least six years for another phone, or when the phone gets slow or too buggy. Yeah, I think that's most people. Um, that's funny. Simply Soros says his health is still at 100%. Dylan says, it's really telling that the best foldables are the ones you don't have to unfold regularly because the cover screen is the size of a normal phone. I did find that hilarious. There were a bunch of people on X talking about how much they love the Pixel Fold because they don't feel the urge to unfold it. I'm like, isn't that kind of stupid? Like you bought a folding phone and you like that you don't have to unfold it? People are, yeah, you're right. Like people will buy one folding phone over the other because they prefer the display that they use when they don't fold it. <laughs> it's kind of hilarious. I remember you saying that you weren't excited for Vision Pro because you didn't see the use case for it. Why the change of heart? Apple showed me. Apple showed me how they intend on using it and it kind of blew me away. Before I was just hearing about the hardware. I was just hearing about, okay, a headset that you strap to your face. I was like, okay, what do I do with that? Like what new thing? I guess what I, the problem was I was looking for a new example, a new, what, what would that unlock? Is it gaming? Cause that's what most headsets were for before. Am I just going to use it for gaming? Cause Apple's not that big into, you know, AAA gaming or VR gaming. 
They're just into mobile gaming. So why does Apple want to release this headset? Is it just a Mac accessory? But then once they unveiled it, I realized, no, they want you to, they want this to kind of replace all of our screens. It's not necessarily going to replace the iPhone or replace the Mac, but it can substantially enha enhance the visual experience of those devices um, and allow you to do what you do already, whether that's check email, browse Twitter, but now you can just do it passively with something that you're wearing. You don't have to hold the device anymore. And you know, the iPhone has to compromise on all the experiences because it's such a smaller display, but with vision OS, you're not going to be stuck with that. You can be using a, a display that might as well be a 60 inch TV, but you can use it with holding nothing and just your eyes and your fingers. And you can take that with you and it's a lot more portable and you don't have to be bound by the little black mirror, you know? Um, so it was watching a lot of Tim Cook interviews on Good Morning America and him saying, honestly, he just said one thing that kind of switched my perspective of Vision Pro in my head. When Tim Cook said, this can do everything your iPhone and Mac can do and more. He didn't, I don't think he said that during the keynote. But he said that during the Good Morning America special. And when he said that, it clicked in my head, oh, Apple's always looking for what's going to kill their best-selling product. They're always looking for what's the greatest threat to the iPhone. It's not Android. And honestly, right now, the biggest threat to the iPhone is probably last year's iPhone, because that's what people are just going to keep using. But they were looking for what's going to radically change the way we interact with our devices and Tim's betting on spatial computing. He might be betting wrong. Maybe, maybe he's totally wrong on that. And it ends up being a big flop like 3d TVs, but he might end up being right. It's too soon to say. I'm really compelled by the Z flip five because the cover screen is bigger. Now I feel like it would stop me from doom scrolling social media. Well, people talk about the cover screen like it's a feature. The, the cover screen is a compromise. Most people don't need a cover screen because they can just take their phone out of the pocket and start using it. You can't do that with a flip phone, so they have to put a screen on the outside so that you don't have to unfold it. But then why fold it in the first place? Just started getting into retro gaming collecting, and it's reinvigorated my interest in tech in a big way, getting into the nitty-gritty about all the stuff that's 30-plus years old. Do you have a YouTube channel, Simply Sora? That would make a good channel. Or at least a great X account if you wanted to make posts about it. Dylan says, I've seen way too many foldable phones do the old self-destruct on the display to ever want one. The warranty process on that means you're without a phone for days if they'll even cover it. I think the durability problem is over-exaggerated and the usefulness problem is under-exaggerated. Truthfully, like I just don't think folding phones allow for a tablet experience no one uses a tablet that small and it just creates a bulkier phone that costs more that you have to unfold there's like an extra step now every time you want to use it so most people end up just not unfolding it which kind of defeats the whole point of a folding phone um i've seen some durability tests with foldables i think they're perfectly fine for most people i don't think they're that fragile um, people always online are like, oh, it's going to break. Oh, the crease. Oh, it's going to scratch or whatever. Watch Snazzy Labs. He does a ton of durability testing on his Z Flip and stuff. And it can take quite a beating. Honestly, modern day iPhones even are pretty, uh, pretty weak. 
um, in terms of durability and they scratch pretty easy, which is why everybody has to get screen protectors and stuff. But um, yeah, I, I feel like the durability is not that big a problem. The functionality of the foldable is the far bigger problem because there's not really a way around that. You know, you can improve durability and you can improve battery life and cameras. And with economies of scale, you can even improve cost. You know, you can make the phone cheaper and more affordable, but it's very hard to make it more functional because that all just comes down to the form factor, which we've had four or five generations of folding phones now and the, the form factor is kind of settled in. They're not changing too much. There's either a flip or a fold and neither of those are very useful in my opinion. Um, thank you for the super chat, Karen. Vision Pro battery is only one hour. It'll flop. Hey, it's not one hour. It lasts all day when plugged in, right? Because <laughs> that's cool. I don't think a USB-C iPhone 13 mini is coming and Apple's going to kill the mini line for good. So what iPhone 15 model are you getting? Uh, well, I don't plan on upgrading. I, I probably will review, I don't know, I guess the 15 Pro Max or whatever. Would it? I'll review the highest end one, I guess, but I don't plan on keeping it. I think the extra step of unfolding is a feature for most people. It acts as a physical barrier between you doom scrolling on social media. Mm. No, I don't, I'm sorry. I don't buy that because a lot of people are proud to buy a folding phone with a better cover screen. They like the folding phones with cover screens that look like a normal phone. So that doesn't stop them from doom scrolling. They can just choose to doom scroll on a rectangle or a square. Those are the options. I also last all day when plugged in. I don't think it's, I mean, folding is obviously a feature, but I don't think it's a good one. It's just a very expensive wallet. Um, yeah. Uh, if I run into issues with my iPhone 11 and I need to upgrade it in the future, I will probably want to buy like a used, you know, secondhand iPhone. I think I want a 15 plus just because I've really appreciated my Duji Android phone when traveling because it has just an insanely long battery life. It's like 22,000 milliamp hours. And I think the 15 plus is going to have like uh close to 5,000. And then if I get a battery case for it, I can push it. I, I've seen some battery cases that third parties are making that have like 10,000 milliamp hours. So if I have a really efficient A series chip, and I get a 10,000 milliamp hour battery case. You know, when I'm traveling and I'm doing long layovers and I don't want to deal with chargers and bricks and adapters, depending on what country I'm in, it's kind of handy to have a phone that can last, you know, three, four, maybe five days on a single charge. But I definitely don't want to buy another phone with lightning. That's for sure. Uh, I, I didn't buy this. This just kind of fell into my lap for the conveniences of my family it's easiest for me to use this so that everybody else has a phone they like um but if i buy a phone again for one most of my charging when i'm at home like i am right now is done via wireless so i don't care uh it's a it's a 1080p display it's actually a little over 1080p because it's not 16 by 9 but i i appreciate the doji for just having an insanely long battery life um that was helpful on my trips and my travels so if I do get another phone again, the only downside is the Doji is very big and bulky, and I don't like having to carry two phones 
Uh, that annoyed my wife too. When she was like packing all her stuff, she's like, why do you got to pack around two phones? Just have one phone. So I would like the perks of my iPhone and the perks of the Doogee into one model. iPhones right now all have lightning and all the Doogees have Android. So my dream USB-C iPhone isn't out yet, but even when it comes out, I'm not going to be in a rush because I'm trying to encourage people on my channel and my viewers to consider the secondhand market because you can save a lot of money that way and still have a great experience. So I'm probably going to wait until right before I take a big trip um because for my daily life you know my car my phone charges in the car with wireless charging it charges on my desk with wireless charging it basically just sits there on the pixel stand um so i don't really care too much about how long the battery life is i don't really care too much about what port it has but when i'm traveling i typically don't take my black magic camera with me at least if i fly because when you're flying you got to pack as light as possible otherwise the airline charges you more for checked luggage and stuff um so if I'm if I'm taking a big trip overseas, which I probably will within a year or whatever, I don't know where we're headed next. It might be Europe. It might be Australia. It might be uh, the Philippines again. I don't know yet. We haven't decided. But there's probably going to be a lot of overseas travel in the future, which is part of the reason I'm kind of excited for Vision Pro because it seems like a really great travel accessory. That's also part of the reason I haven't bought a external monitor you know, for the long, for a long time, I, I talked about doing it like, oh, I want to get a nice external monitor because my MacBook display is kind of small. But then I realized, okay, if I buy a really nice monitor, I'm not going to be able to use it for huge chunks out of the year because of how often we're traveling and visiting people. So I want like a bigger screen. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Basically, that I can take with me. Um, which is why I said yes. To, there's a lot of offers I get from third-party companies that send me emails all the time, probably five or 10 a day that are like, try this product, try this product. And I don't say yes to probably 99% of them. I typically just don't reply because there's too many emails. And even if you say no, thank you, they'll keep following up anyway. I discovered that earlier on a couple of years ago. I was like, well, I should be nice and just tell people, you know, this little mini PC is not in line with my channel you know i'm an apple guy uh and i'm not a windows user or someone would say can you review this android phone accessory this android phone case or and, and i was like thanks for the offer but i i'm an apple channel i have an iphone i don't have the product you need and even when i responded to the companies they would still keep bombarding me they would still say why not you know uh, would you consider it if we had offered this or you know they just want to negotiate so i just learned okay if you're not interested in the product don't respond um, but whenever there's a product that shows up in my inbox that i think kind of relates or ties into what i'm doing then i will say yes and i'll be like okay i can make a video on that that would kind of be on topic with the types of videos i make so just for the record, even though I did review some charge bricks and VPNs and glasses recently, it was only because it applied to my personal life. It wasn't because I was just saying yes to every email. I know there's some channels that like doing that.
for one month, I'm going to say yes to everything that shows up in my like that. That's not what I was doing. I bought these because they sound, I didn't buy these. Sorry. I said yes to these because they sounded interesting. I was like, for one, there were several of people in the comments asking me to try these. They said, Drew, have you thought about these glasses? Or when I say, oh, it's very hard to do transparent displays. People are like, well, this company seems to have figured it out. Have you tried these glasses? So there were you guys asking for it. And then there was my curiosity of, I would like a bigger display that I can take with me. And yeah, okay. We got to try it out. It wasn't quite what I had hoped for, but yeah, I can review it and experience it. Do you remember your very first sponsorship offer? Uh, no, I got several, but I don't remember which was the official first. Sorry. Um, Amazon renewed premium one year window. <laughs> yeah. We don't talk about renewed premium. Hey, Mike's in the chat. I'll be in Europe for Christmas this year and heavily consider buying an iPhone 15 pro over there versus here. Yes, Scott, I'm totally with you because I love physical SIM. I don't, I just, I don't like eSIM. It feels like a way for carriers to try to box you in easier and make it harder to switch SIMs. And sometimes I want to review other people's phones. You know, sometimes when I wanted to review an Android phone and I was still stuck with the eSIM because I reviewed my iPhone 14, I was frustrated. And you know what? I would be more okay with eSIM. I could get by with eSIM if they used that space in the phone for something else. You know, like, okay, we removed the physical SIM, but now the battery life's better or now the camera's better. Then I'd be like, okay, there's some advantages to eSIM. I'll take that. But what annoys me is right now they're doing eSIM but there's they put nothing there like the, there's still iphone 14s being made with the physical sim tray that you can buy in other countries and in the us they just replace the physical sim area with just a piece of plastic that does nothing there's no advantage to it so i don't understand the the point i guess other than to just make it harder to switch phones it feels kind of icky to me so because we're traveling more in the future not not in the near-term future, by the way. We've been away from home for the past three months and traveling so much, as you could probably tell by all my video backgrounds and sporadic uploading. But because of all that traveling, we'll probably be home for a while now. Um, we're not going to be taking any big trips for the next couple months. We're just trying to settle back in again. But um, in the future, when I do take some overseas travel, there's a fairly high likelihood that I will be in a country where there are iPhones with physical SIM trays. And then even then, I, I, I want to encourage people to buy secondhand and refurbished. So <laughs> my next plan is basically to continue using my iPhone 11 until something is wrong with it. And when something is wrong with it, I will look for a secondhand used iPhone 15 Plus in another country with a physical SIM tray. That's my current plan. <laughs> it's kind of weird. Um, but there's not really a scenario, I think, where I, where I get a 15 Pro Max. Um, called it iSIM for International Subscriber Identification Module. Yeah, but they're only doing it domestically. Maybe that's why. Kieran says, what are those sunglasses? Is that a wire on them? They're AR glasses. They're called Vitcher. There's a link in the description if you want to learn more about them. But my MacBook display is off. Like, I can read your messages without looking at the MacBook. Yora says, how about a 13 mini with USB-C? That would be great. I would totally get that if it was an option. I'm not, I, I would definitely not upgrade to 
how else can I prove to you that I can read your messages? The plastic is obviously for heat dissipation and is not totally useless. Wait, what are you guys talking about? I think it might be a good thing that the iPhone is using the USB-C standard now because now after the lightning-backed iPhone lose support, they will not have to maintain their own standard. What? That doesn't make any sense. Are those glasses making you feel bad? A little bit, yeah. I feel I feel some eye fatigue. My eyes are kind of like, what are you doing? The problem is when I talk, the display moves all the time, and I move my head around. It's kind of jarring. Have I replaced the battery in that iPhone 11? No. See, I can just look at this flag, and your your screen the screen is right here for me. You can't see it, but I can. Uh, but thank you for the super chat, Karen. Um, let's see. It's meant to be a warning shot to international carriers. The 16 will probably drop a physical SIM globally. Okay, even that I can get behind of like, we're switching to eSIM only in the future for security reasons or whatever. But okay, even if you are going to do that, then the eSIM iPhones should have some kind of advantage. If they don't have some advantage, like better battery or better camera or whatever, then I'm just going to want, it's like, okay, I'd rather have the phone with a physical SIM than a piece of plastic that does nothing. How many fingers am I holding up without looking? I don't know, Mike. But yeah, my MacBook display is totally off. I can't I can't show it to you right now, but I was going to close it, but then I realized that's my webcam. So now you just get an awkward view of my shorts and my water bottle. Sorry for making everybody uncomfortable. Um, but yeah, I, I like for the ease of reviewing phones and trying out phones, which I tend to do a lot on this channel. Switch phones way more than I thought I would this year. I tried the Pixel, I tried the Doji, I tried the iPhone 10, and then the SE2, and now I'm on the 11. So it's nice to just be able to swap a SIM over with the tray, and it's much harder to do that with eSIM. So if it's possible to get, I, I'm not buying an iPhone 15 in the future because I want some camera feature, or I want Dynamic Island, or I want OLED. I don't care about any of those things. I just want to have one cable that can charge everything. That's mainly what I'm interested in. I am assuming they will be adding more battery when the switch goes global. Well, okay. When that happens, then it would be an easier discussion. But so far, the rumors are the iPhone 15 is still going to have a physical SIM overseas, which is kind of like, uh, what are we doing? Um, a useless piece of plastic that does nothing. It's obvious a little piece of chocolate for the repair technicians. <laughs> That's great. I didn't think of that, Tread. Thank you. Only reason I knew you were on was because of your X post. YouTube notifications fail me again. There's some pros to X and there's some cons to X. You started last year saying you'd keep the 13 Pro Max for five years. Did I say five years? I don't remember saying five years. I remember saying I wouldn't upgrade for five years. Um, but that doesn't mean I couldn't downgrade. I couldn't get an older phone, but I don't know. I, I don't think it's wise to make long-term commitments like that when you're a channel. And also there's people in my family that need certain help with things. And I want to give phones to the people that need them. So if someone needs my phone for whatever reason, I don't want to say like, no, i made a commitment. I said, I'm going to use this for five years. You know, my mom wanted a new phone. So I was like, okay, you can have this one. Um, as a repair technician, I can confirm it's a tasty snack. Okay, good. There's chocolate in there. Apple now offloads the work they had to do for Lightning to the entity who made a USB standard. Apple worked on the USB-C standard. 
All they do is buy into it now. Well, they've already used USB-C, but that doesn't mean they they still have to maintain it. You were saying you wanted to see how iPhone 13 Pro Max aged. Well, it was going to take five years, I guess, to see how it aged. It was a lot easier to just switch to a six-year-old iPhone and see how that had aged. And, you know, I got some videos out of it. That was fun, but I realized there wasn't that much to talk about afterwards. You kind of review it, and then you're done. So, I don't know. I'm making this up as I go. I don't have some long-term plan. I can't make those kinds of commitments. I know, now I want chocolate. That's not helping us with our weight loss journeys. Um, yeah, I, I will switch to whatever phone I need to to make my friends and family most comfortable, but... I think you can see the display a little bit if I get close. You see that? Now you can see what I see, just barely. AR glasses. Anyway, I've been live for a while and my eyes kind of hurt. Let's see if I take these off. Whoa. That feels weird. <laughs> when you're used to looking at that display the whole time, it's like your vision sucks and then you take these off and it's like, oh, that's nice. They're very hot, by the way. There's no fan up here. It's a power cord. This is a USB-C connection straight to the MacBook. And there's a little chip up here. This stem is very, very hot. But to be fair, I've been doing this for almost two hours. I put them on before I started live streaming. And they haven't overheated. They're still working. Like the display is still functioning. So that's good. Um, 27 pounds so far in three months. That's great. Good job, Josh. I'm proud of you. I have gained 27 pounds in the last, <laughs> I don't know, actually, I haven't weighed myself, but I know while I was traveling, we were definitely eating good. Feels like whenever you travel or visiting people, they always want to have these big meals. They're just like, he came from far away. Let's, let's eat a pig. You know, let's eat the whole pig. What I did for losing weight was just smelling chocolate and drinking coffee. That would work for me, except I don't like the taste of coffee. Okay, I, I think we better wrap up. Everybody's getting hungry. But, all right, I think I'm done wearing these for now. It kind of hurts. Not the most comfortable thing in the world, but I appreciate you guys. Oh, i got to turn the display back. There we go. See, it's just a little magnet thing. You can just disconnect them like that. Ta-da. It's like their own version of MagSafe. But, man, I feel dizzy. Whew my eyes oh okay thank you all for your super chats the channel members for supporting and uh you know what it's been a while i haven't done this i need to give a very special thank thank you and shout out to our talos of tech um ultra members which include tyler forte riley mcginnis bobby forcey chris hasayal para castanada and nicholas linthicum thank you guys for tuning in and uh supporting the channel directly hopefully now that i'm back home i can do some more um members only streams although slight warning to those who are watching this whole thing i might have to hide my face for the next couple weeks i still plan on making videos but i'm going to the doctor tomorrow i might have some work done i might not i don't know yet but um in that possibility i might have to uh cover my face for a while it it might be weird. Maybe I'll do members-only streams for the, the post-surgery thing. Anyway, thank you all for watching, and I hope you have an excellent rest of your day. Bye-bye.